just having all this experience from, I mean, it's just the same exact team from last year, and except for Chris has taken over for me, and then we lost Tetzloff, and the guy's been stepping up, and I mean, that's part of our motto, just keep stepping up. Hey, welcome to a special edition podcast here brought to you by Splitting Hairs. Today we got Kyle interviewing the one and only Mark Gronowski. Yeah, I mean, all the guys, when I when I got hurt, I mean, all the guys were around me supporting me and stuff like that. And Isaiah was one of the guys that was supporting me the most throughout it all. I mean, he was always texting me. I mean, we weren't together since I was back home. He was back home, but he was texting me every week just trying to keep my positivity up and stuff like that. So that's what I'm going to try and do for him. And Podcast brought to you by Drake's Place, as always, and presented by Cottonwood Coffee. Here's Kyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Splitting Hairs Podcast. This is Kyle today, joined by Mark Gernowski. Mark, how's it going, man? It's going great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, great start to the season. Uh, exciting victory up in Fort Collins that I got to go catch in person live. It was great to see the atmosphere. Um, you you tagged along too for that one, right? You're signaling in plays this year. Yeah, I'm doing signal calling. I'm on the headset trying to do as much coaching and stuff out there as I can right now. So That's awesome, man. What's that been like so far to kind of see, see the game <clears throat> and, and be there with your brothers from a different angle? You know, it was kind of tough at first, really, just because like being there for and not playing with them and not being getting on the field and kind of just like that realization, like I'm not going to be playing this year. It was a little tough at the beginning, but once the game really started to get going, I mean, it was a lot of fun to be out there. It was a lot of fun to help out the team and everywhere I can. It was a great atmosphere, and I was I was having a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it. The The interesting thing that I even talked with Coach Dick about, um, so I live here in Texas, was super hyped <clears throat> to see all you guys in Frisco. Obviously, torrential downpour. You've definitely had better days, I'm sure. Um, talk me through a little bit about your, your mindset when you're on the sideline. You may be – you, you finally come to terms with the fact that you're probably not going back out there. Something's wrong with the leg. Um, kind of shed some light on what, what was going through your mind. I mean, my mind was racing a million different ways. I mean, I didn't really know it was like what the injury, like the whole end all be all of it would be. And um, <clears throat> I mean, it hurt a lot just to not be able to play with your team and um, you guys come so far and just not be able to finish it. But um, realizing that I just have to do everything that I can to help on my team in every way possible. Um, I'd just be talking them through, trying to get them through some adversity we've been having throughout the game and um, even helping out Keaton with some reads and stuff like that. Um, but just trying to do everything I can without the playing part and more of like the leadership part of it. That sounds great, man. Um, but like, really, I'm going to press you on this one. Was there any moment where you felt all right for yourself that you're a little pissed off? Ah, hundred percent. I mean, I was, yeah. I wish I would have like done something different on the play. I mean, during that time I was, I was really pissed off, but I was going through like all five stages of denial in that sense. And i yeah. um, hoping that wouldn't happen, but I finally like realization really kind of set in after like the second quarter and after that um, rain delay. Um, I got to see my parents and stuff during that time and um, kind of made me realize, like, I just need to do everything that I can for this team. And um, it's not going to be on the field and it's going to have to be on the sidelines. Yeah, man. Well, kudos to you again for just being able to kind of flip that switch because it's, it's, I, I imagine, you know, I've got, we've gotten a chance to play in some big games, um, you know, Dallas and I and, and plenty of other alums. And like, obviously that's the biggest and to be a freshman and to take your team, to that level, obviously it was remarkable. You know, we had Matt Berry on an interview for the podcast and like, you know, they were just singing your praises, obviously the 605 hogs 
talk a little bit about that report because it sounds like going into the spring season and even into the, the fall campaign where it was in doubt, maybe we didn't know if we were going to be able to line up and get the fall schedule executed. But we go into spring and dudes are, you know, going to bat for you. They, they wanted you on the field and, and to get a shot leading the thing. So what was that like for you? I mean, it was awesome. I mean, once you just have all that support from guys around you, and it wasn't even just like the hogs up front. I mean, the defense was behind me and everyone in it. It kind of just made us even more of a closer knit group as like an entire team. And a lot of guys said last year that there's been prior teams before that haven't felt like the defense and offense so much together. And um, I feel like just at the beginning of the year, it just kind of helped us like be more of a tighter knit group. But um, with all that support behind me too, it allowed me to play with more confidence knowing that if I messed up or anything on the field, I know guys are going to have my back and I know guys are going to support me through it all. So, I mean, it was just awesome and it helped me out. Um, all of them helped me learn the offense better and um, just made me play better and faster out there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely showed. And one of the interesting things that I, I didn't really expect because you obviously show that you could drive the ball down the field with your arm. You, you have a knack for the deep ball, I would say. Um, but then, you know, obviously running the rock with your legs, like, was that is that something you've always kind of done in high school or did, did you just kind of get stronger on your – you know, um, yeah, I mean, my dad, my dad was my coach back in like Pee Wee football and stuff. And we were always running the ball because I know him back in the, his high school days and college days, he would always run the ball and he just loved quarterback run. And uh, high school, we didn't do it as much at the beginning of my high school career. But later in my high school career, we started actually running the ball more with the quarterback and um, Eck really wanted to like bring it a part of our offense because, I mean, it makes it more dangerous because you got more uh, guys in the run fit or uh, more guys blocking for you and more guys just like meshed up together. So that's just better for the offense in general. It's more to prepare for too, right? Like <laughs> exactly. Any, anytime you can stress a defense and film prep and, and scheming, um, the better. Like we kind of got into a funny back and forth a little bit on Twitter with um, Zimmer on the Argus leader of all oh, not naming a starter. Maybe you don't name a starter to throw, throw more at them. But I always, I always want to put more stress on the defense as a former offensive guy and defensive guy, it's just more difficult, right? You don't know, mm -hmm, who for sure. up. you don't know what packages are going to be installed. Um, you know, I'm sure the defense has a headache when prepping for like teams like SIU who got, you know, the big bruiser in there. Um, exactly. He's going to run the wildcat in the goal line or whenever he's going to line up with it. So yeah, it's always a, a nice added element to an offense. And then talk about the three headed monster back there, man. You had you, Pierre and Isaiah, and now Isaiah goes down. Talk a little bit about, you know, what what are the guys doing to kind of like rally around him? I mean, I'm sure you have experience recently to be able to kind of go to him and be like, look, you're going to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, all the guys, when I when I got hurt, I mean, all the guys were around me supporting me and stuff like that. And Isaiah was one of the guys that was supporting me the most throughout it all. I mean, he was always texting me. I mean, we weren't together since I was back home. He was back home, but he was texting me every week just trying to keep my – positivity up and stuff like that so that's what i'm gonna try and do for him and a lot of the guys are trying to help him through and just talking with him and always just telling him that they're gonna be there for him and um kind of just helping him mentally and if he ever needs to talk about anything he'll like well i'll be there for him but um he's a really tough kid and hard hard working guy so i mean he'll be back in no time at all and it's gonna be good for him yeah definitely i mean i think <laughs> just as hard as he works on the field he probably does the same <laughs> So I would imagine, you know, he's going to bounce back, be ready to play whenever that time comes. And hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I want to plug our sponsors real quick here. It is Tuesday. 
you know, touchdown Tuesday. You ever had a, been a part of that in the spring? I've not been a part of that. So Jackrabbit Central, the bookstore, has all their apparel and merchandise at 25% off with some exclusions, but usually it's really limited exclusions. Um, it used to be, I don't know if it's still this way, but it used to be for every touchdown scored, we got a certain number of percentage points. And back when, hmm. when I played, I had unbelievable teammates like Glenn Fox and, uh, you know, Jerron Harris just taking tops off the defense all day. I think we were <laughs> averaging like 49 points a game at home games. So we were getting huge discounts. We would go in there and take advantage. So just want to plug them. I got one of these cool little, uh, you know, knickknacks for the coffee. Um, also want to plug our sponsor. Are you a coffee guy? Uh, kind of not, not a ton of coffee, but just a little bit. But you like to eat clean, right? I'm sure a little bit. I do, 100%. So Cottonwood Bistro, have you heard of it? So yeah. they're a big sponsor now. Um, they do have these cool K-Cups. For those of you who are listening, um, Cottonwood has some K-Cups. Everybody likes the e-commerce thing now. So you can go on cottonwoodcoffee.com and grab those. You can also get ground bags. They got the Glacial Till. I'm a Badlands guy. They have a Badlands option for the dark roast. Um, when you get older, Mark, you need that fake energy, man. Oh, for <laughs> you sure. need the go juice. For sure. <laughs> um, I'm jealous of you right now because you're not you're not on that train, but that's good. Hold out. Um, but Cottonwood Coffee, glad to have them. Um, they have great food options, a great place to study too, down on Maine. So uh, go check them out. Uh, tell them you heard about them through us. So, um, but yeah, man, transitioning to the the injury a little bit more. Were you ever injured in in uh, high school? Did you ever have to deal with anything like that? I mean, I never really had any other like big injuries. I mean, I had like a couple sprained ankles here and there, but like I was always able to play through it. Um, there was one injury in a basketball season where I couldn't play like the end of the season where I ended up spraining my ankle pretty bad, but um, it was only like a few games or anything like that, but no injury that was like this big where needed surgery and stuff like that. But Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about the process. Like, so you, um, you had surgery post right after the season or, or what was that whole thing? Like? Yeah, I had um, that entire week after that game. I mean, we were just trying to figure out what surgeon to go with and stuff like that. And thought it'd be best to be at home so I could be with my family and um, just people that can just support me and help me through this entire thing. Um, but ended up getting a surgery a week after the game. Okay. And then when you, you did some rehab there, like some post-op stuff, I'm sure. Uh, is that right? Or, and then you, you kind of carried over your PT back to Brookings. Yeah. So I, I spent the first six weeks at home cause that whole process wasn't able to like put weight through it. Um, and really try to just make sure I was okay that when I came back to Brookings, I was going to be able to be able to walk around and start doing more stuff like that. So I spent the first six weeks just getting, uh, strength back and all that stuff with, uh, my physical therapist there. That's good, man. And, uh, Get, I just want to give a shout out to our support staff because unfortunately, you know, I've gone through the injury process too. And it's definitely changed with some people there, but um, like Ben Hines was, I don't know if you know, Ben, I think he works primarily with the women's soccer team, but um, you know, there, there's a great support staff and they've continued to um, make big strides in terms of, you know, the technology that's available to the, to the student athletes as they're working through their recovery process and um, all the literature that's come out, unfortunately, Tons of people have had injuries prior to you that have kind of, for better or worse, paved the way to uh, to have these, you know, better protocols for, for guys and girls to get back onto the field or the court or wherever they're playing. And um, I'm sure, you know, with San the Sanford resources there and all the all the, the factors that go into it, I think you're going to bounce back 
pretty well personally. Um, yeah. The big thing that I've noticed is is the return to play mentality. Um, you know, I got to be around some some really intelligent PTs at my first career, and a lot of the case studies that came out were not the physical aspect that limited the athlete post-op it was the mental barriers that they kind of put up for themselves but you seem like a really mentally strong kid not to gas you up too much but uh where does that come from does that come from you know a strong family unit yeah um well first i just wanted to say about the about like all like the pt and stuff i mean we have so many like i wouldn't say fun toys but toys that, <laughs> that help you get better in our like athletic training room and all that stuff that have been so awesome for me and helping me get back to where I'm at now. But um, in, in that sense with like the mental strength and stuff like that, um, I think that really comes from just like my parents first off and just like always pushing me to like always like do better and just be the best person that I can be. Um, and then my sister is like a big reader and stuff like that. And always loved reading those mental strength books and all that stuff with uh, um, throughout her college career and kind of started pushing that onto me. So that's where I started reading a lot more. And then um, I thought a huge help to our team last year was adding uh, Chris Kruk, our mental strength coach. And I would meet with him at least once a week throughout that entire season and even before the season even started. And um, just really kind of just like going through some of the things to help me um, be mentally strong throughout games and um, even talking with him sometimes throughout this injury. Um, it's been helping a lot with that, just that sense. And Charlie's been really pushing me to just like push past some things and um, it's kind of helped me become better in the sense of my recovery times as well right now. That's good. I think, uh, you know, having a tight family unit is never a bad thing. Um, so where do you kind of fall in birth order? I'm the third. So I have a sister who's eight years older than me and then a brother that has special needs who's four years older than me. So that probably, I, I saw a great feature, uh, prior to the national championship on your brother, you guys have a good connection. You talked about your sisters. So you guys kind of lean on each other. It sounds like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially like my sister has always been, it's been a little bit different just because I mean, she's eight years older than me. So we haven't been as close together since she was always at college when I started really like understanding things and kind of growing up a little bit more. Um, but me and my brother have been always really, really close and he's probably my biggest supporter that I've ever had. And um, yeah, we're just a really tight knit group of, siblings i guess that's cool man yeah from like the great the illinois the folks from illinois i got family in illinois and like the greater chicago area and it seems like that that tight-knit family ethic still kind of carries out into the burbs there um i personally also i have a of an uncle with special needs uh so it kind of or a learning disability so it kind of puts things in perspective as you're growing up just to kind of yeah. like as far as treatment of other people um for sure i don't talk about that a lot but it was interesting because when the Jacks got a chance to play at Kennesaw State, he he's a grounds crew guy, so he's been there for ages. So uh, hmm. cool. My grandmother passed on, so she wasn't able to kind of see that. But um, I know it was a big moment, I think, for for him and just my family being able to see the Jacks play at Kennesaw State program where my grandma was uh, secretary to the dean, too. So just a cool little side story there. But it definitely puts things in perspective, uh, makes you lean on one another. Um, talk about how, you know, you got a guy coming in with a unique situation like Chris, you know, getting to acclimate to a completely new state. I think he's never been here prior to this. No, whole he's never Seems like he's, you know, just meshed real well. You guys are razzing each other. I saw the I saw the Disney World meme. That was <laughs> hilarious on uh, Instagram. For those of you who don't know, uh, 
someone sniped a picture of uh of mark and chris and chris had a serious look on his face and um mark <laughs> mark was happy right wide-eyed mm -hmm. i think you were just just grinning ear to ear probably at the scoreboard huh because we were you're we putting them away early yeah for sure um but yeah chris chris has been awesome i mean I texted, I texted him like immediately when he committed, but I was, I didn't really know what to expect. I was expecting some Florida boy who doesn't really know what's going on up here in the Midwest and stuff. But I mean, right when he came in, he was, um, he just had a great personality and just wanted to be close with everyone, meet everyone. And, um, it was really just a great person overall. And it really just grabbed Everyone just kind of gravitated toward him, um, since he's just such a good leader and like just good at talking to, and just, um, being, being able to just like help out others, I guess. But, uh, he's been awesome just getting to know everyone and helping out the team. Yeah, and he's no slouch too. I mean, right, like FBS uh, starts and, and games under his belt and definite, uh, you know, skins on the wall, I guess you would say, as far as, you know, having gone through the fire and, and been there, um, you know, when he played at South Florida. And then obviously Sanford developed some good quarterbacks like Devlin Hodges, and he's the guy that succeeded him. And then now he comes here. I'm sure you've had a ton that you've been able to learn and pick up from him too, as far as just all the reps he's got. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, this is a six year playing college football and he just has a ton of experience and just learn from him and just like a perspective, just watching film with him and um, see how he's taking notes and everything like that. And he's just a real student of the game and just loves watching film and just really understanding everything about it. And I've I'm been picking up on stuff and I've been wanting to still pick up on more stuff with him and, um, just using this season as a possibility of just like learning our offense better. And then also just learning things from him to improve my game as well. Mm -hmm. And then it's also cool and, and can't hurt to have a guy like coach Luan who played here, but also, you know, is, is a younger guy. So he's like more tapped in, I think like to how the game is played from a, from a practical standpoint right now and is really probably able to give y'all a springboard to, uh, mm -hmm. to, to, you know, that knowledge and just that, that uh approach to the day-to-day -day. yeah and i feel like he's since he I mean he is so young and i mean he's been he actually played with some of the guys that are still on the team right now but i mean it's really easy to relate to him because i mean he kind of knows what he what we're going through and since he's kind of just just was in that situation and played here um but he's also just really really smart and knows what the hell he's yeah. doing and um kind of just helps me um also on the sidelines just seeing things um in a new perspective in a way and same with the other coaches just being on the mics with them is also just like so awesome just because i could just hear how they think pre-play and throughout games and where their strategies are going and it's gonna propel me forward for next year as well yeah definitely and then like having him be that coach luan be that young uh coach who's like kind of the emotional buffer still too because like you guys are all young even even chris relatively speaking to him so you're probably able, he's probably able to kind of like help be an extension of what you're seeing out there. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool to watch. Like just cause on the cutaways or like when we're there in person, it's nice to kind of watch all the other things outside the play that go into the play. Um, so that's always unique to see. Talk a little bit about like your whole first year you didn't as a, as a student athlete, you, you guys didn't even have in-person classes. Is that right? No, it, it was a very weird year. I mean, especially that first semester when we, like we came August 5th and then I think it was like August 6th, we found out we're not having a season. So it was just like kind of just weird just from the start and having to wear masks throughout this entire process. And 
first semester, I think I had like one in person, not even, uh, yeah, one in person class throughout the entire semester. And then second semester, I had zero in person classes. So it was just, just a really weird year and had to really just adjust everything. But football was just nice just to have just because it was just something that felt more normal um, and really kind of just helped push through everything else. It gave you guys some structure, I imagine, man. Like, yeah, for when sure. You're, when you're starting new stuff, especially like as an 18 year old, 19 year old kid, I can't imagine having to deal with all that. It was tough. It was tough for me when I was going through it. Um, and I graduated early just to try to acclimate and in, in, went to college early. And it was uh, still would have been remarkably difficult, I think, just to deal with all the constant change, the, the, different rules that are coming out, the different regulations, the testing, this and that. Um, so kudos to all you guys. Honestly, it was remarkable to see that nobody, uh, nobody got, nobody tested positive that, that at least hindered your, your, your game, so to speak. So that was awesome. Talk a little bit about right now. I mean, are you, you guys, um, have you had COVID? Have you interacted with that in the, in the fall? Or yeah. what? Um, one thing that's crazy right now is, just seeing the difference of the amount of people I'm seeing on campus right now compared mm -hmm. to last year, because just everyone's moving around and going to classes now and stuff. So it's just, it's kind of weird just to be like, it's kind of almost like a new year for me. I feel like a freshman again, almost just kind of like reacclimating to like all the different things and um, stuff like that. But um, the team so far this year, I mean, we've had a couple of positives on the team, um, but um last year was just so awesome and this the strict rules we had and i think a lot of people are like loosening them up because they think that um it's not as big of a deal anymore but um we're starting to be more a little bit more strict now with the team and um trying to get back to where we were last year and no positives or anything like that i think that's probably wise man because you guys got literally uh, this is the most i would say this is the most deep cohesive team that we probably ever had at south dakota state um definitely the most experienced and then obviously the most talented um, top to bottom, you know, even, even considering you in your hurt, like we got depth, right. And we got guys who've been there. I mean, Keaton, Keaton's played a lot of ball, right. So we have a, an experienced backup and we have obviously the experience of Chris, who's been, he's about 30 years old playing quarterback. You know? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So I guess uh, you guys will be as good as you want to be, you know, so it's hopefully, some of the cats who are maybe letting their guard down a little bit, hopefully know that like to get to where you've never been, you got to sacrifice, you know, sure. either sacrifice your discipline or regret. And uh, as you're growing up, sometimes you learn a little bit later. So hopefully they catch on a little more quickly. As far as vaccination goes, I'm just going to touch on this. I don't want to get too far down this track, but um, are we, we are numbers looking good improving on that? On that end, uh, yeah, our, number, our numbers are looking really good. I mean, the first week, just because I mean, a lot of guys started getting the vaccine and stuff in early, like in August and stuff. So you got to wait those like 30, 42 days or 28 days or whatever it is for the vaccination to like really like process through your body and stuff like that. But um, I mean, we still have some guys that are um, stuck to what they think and what, what all that is. But I, just, I mean, it's just always going to happen in general. But yeah. most of the team is um, good vaccinated wise. Nice. That's good to hear. That's reassuring. And um, I think that uh, things will only start to improve here, I think, over time, you know, as we learn more about the situation and there are more options available to people. Hopefully we can all get on the same page because uh, everyone rowing in the same direction is always better. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about, you know, 
the accolades, man. You obviously you just went out there. It seems to me like just watching you play, you just went out there and played ball, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you and I had some exchanges throughout the year in the spring, and we were talking about you're just being you. And I think that that's evident. Uh, you know, you're you're polished in your answers, and I think they're sincere. Um, it just seems like who you are. But I'm gonna go through some of these honors and awards, and like it's a pretty deep list, man. No <laughs> steal, FCS freshman of the year, stats performed, Jerry Rice Award runner up. Hero Sports FCS Freshman All-American Team, Missouri Valley Football Conference Offensive Player of the Year, MVFC Newcomer of the Year, MVFC Freshman of the Year. <laughs> I need to take a breath. Hold on. <laughs> All-MVFC First Team, Stats Perform, FCS National Freshman Player of the Week, F- MVFC Offensive Player of the Week a couple times, MVFC Newcomer of the Week, and then obviously the honor roll for the MVFC. You put up some wild stats. I think the coolest stat to me was you caught a touchdown pass. Yeah. That was pretty that wild. Was the first first touchdown pass I've ever caught in my life. Really? Even going back awesome. to Pee Wee? Maybe one. Maybe one in Pee Wee. Maybe one in <laughs> That's great. But that's hilarious. Um, and then yeah, man, you just you put up a lot of yak uh on the ground, right? Like yards after contact. And uh that was exciting to me as a former fullback. I love seeing people get trucked, so that was exciting. <laughs> um and your dad yeah, played at Drake, well. right? Yeah. Say what? I said, I said, I don't really move that well side to side, so I just go straight leaning, just straight pass, fastest, fastest AB. There you go. And then, uh, yeah, man, you're you're from Illinois, so Illinois's got a lot of good prep ball. Um, and then, as you developed as a quarterback, uh, were you were you always a quarterback, or did you kind of just you know bounce around a little bit and get your feet wet in different positions? Yeah, I was always a quarterback. I mean, as you said earlier, my dad he played at Drake, um, and he was a quarterback there. So I mean. Basically, like from basically when I was born, he put a football in my hands and um, wanted me to be a quarterback right from the start. He's always helped me, like in the beginning years of my career and stuff like that. Right on. And then, did you play any other sports? Yeah, I played basketball and baseball, basically from third grade on. And you know, like basically like those first and second grade years, you just play every single sport you possibly can just to like see what you like and stuff like that. But baseball, basketball, and football were like my three that I just played all the way through senior year. Okay, so you didn't you didn't have to specialize really. Yeah, no. I always thought it would just be better just to like get every sense of just try to get become more athletic instead of just pushing just to like one sport and try to get like almost like burnt out of it, I guess. And your parents kind of let you steer that ship? Like if you didn't want to play a sport, they would be cool with it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they always wanted me to just do what I wanted to do. Um, but they also really like what going to all those games and stuff like that. And I always really enjoyed it too. So there's never really any pressure to like continue to play all three or anything like that. Oh, that's good. I think that that lets you find who you're going to be in the direction you're going to go. And also from a physical standpoint, I talk to my cousin all the time about this, who actually works with coach Christensen down here in Texas uh, when he was doing work with uh, APEC. I've, I've talked about it a couple of times on the pod, but we would always go back and forth because I specialized a little bit. Um, but then when I moved to Minnesota, I did track and it kind of just gave my body a chance to rest and recover um, through disc, really enjoyed it, did, did some things like that. But as far as letting your body recover and, you know, you see a lot of these guys get these stress fracture injuries and in AAU hoops, for instance, you're a basketball guy because they specialize so early and they're playing basketball nonstop year round and the constant pounding on their on their knees, you know, they develop stress fractures. And then you get, you know, guys who play 
who pitch in baseball and then they're quarterbacks and, and then they just end up specializing and then they do seven on seven and then they do season and then they do their, their shoulder gets no rest, right. From the mm-hmm. same constant motion versus throwing a baseball is very different than, than throwing a football. Right. Yeah. It's a difference between pouring. You, you guide me on this. I just think yeah. I know everything sometimes, but I, it's a difference between pouring out a cup, right. Versus coming down across. Right. I don't know. Well, yeah, for like, at least what I always say is just like football, you release like up here more. Uh-huh. You can't even really see me in the camera that much. Um, and then you kind of like come across. And then baseball, you release like out here. Bingo. Kind of just like different release points and everything like that. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. No, that's great. It's a great visual. So for folks who didn't see, it's like, yeah, like three quarters arm angle. Pouring, pouring out the cup, I was always taught. That's that's kind of essentially what you did. Yeah. Um, and then different release point. But that's that's good to know, right? Because for anybody who's like looking at specializing, I kind of had to specialize coming from a massive school in Georgia. I wasn't talented enough to just like, I'm going to go play uh, baseball during the spring. Mm-hmm. We had spring football, right? So, but I think the trend is kind of shifting more towards like shifting back towards guys being a guys and girls being able to dabble in different things to kind of see what will favor their skill set more. And then also it doesn't, doesn't feel the way of the burnout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not even just in the physical sense or anything. I feel like it also really helps just like getting to know people more just because you're with so many different teammates and it makes you become a better teammate. And I thought it made me try to become like a better leader in the sense, just because you have to deal with so many different people and um, in different aspects of each game. That's true. And it, and it helps you from a practical standpoint, professionally in the real world, because you understand different personality types. I mean, I'm sure other sports always think they're not the weird ones, but I always thought baseball was extremely weird. Like those, my little brother played baseball collegiately. They're just a weird breed. Um, and football players are weird in our own right. Right. So it's like being able to adapt is always, is always a good thing. Um, and your sister, was she an athlete too? Yeah, she played uh, softball at Butler University. Oh wow! In okay, so all you, all you guys are are athletes in the family. Yeah, I think my brother might be the best one. I mean, he's been playing for I think he's still playing like seven different sports right now. So I mean, he's the most all around athlete. That's awesome, and he's a huge Jacks fan. I dig that. Huge Jacks fan. I'm just trying to get him some overalls or something so he can start wearing those. Some bibs. We gotta get yeah. him some bibs. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's cool, man. What uh, what does he like to follow the most as far as sports? Is he a football guy through and through? He is an everything guy. No matter what sport, no matter what team, league, anything. I mean, he he's watching some uh, minor league baseball teams. He's watching major league baseball, football, or anything like that. He he has his. What's funny is he always um, has a bunch of jerseys and like different shirts for different teams. And whoever's playing that day, those are the shirts that he's wearing. Love it. <laughs> Cubs, Cubs play at one o'clock, and then I don't know, just say the Bears play at Sunday night football. He'll wear the Cubs jersey throughout the uh, mid part of the day, and they'll put the Bears jersey on later. That's commitment, man. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, super committed. That's great. Are you a Bears fan? Yeah, huge Bears fan. Sorry, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry you. myself. That was a disappointing game last night. <laughs> but Dallas and I are Vikings fans, and Matt and Brendan are are. Uh, our Packers fans and Ben's a Vikings fan too. So we're all miserable this week. The NFC North has seen better days. For sure. I mean, that was just an ugly week overall for everyone. I got to say though, I never saw Aaron, Aaron Rodgers 
having such a poor QBR that he could have thrown the ball into the ground and had a better QBR. Than yeah, that. right. <laughs> Every single play, that was like a wild stat. Um, but, you know, as a Vikings fan, you almost love seeing a Packer loss like that as much as you like seeing a Viking win. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was, as a Bears fan, I was really excited to see them get smacked by that much. I know. I was torn when uh, when Witzman, a former teammate of mine, played for the Bears because uh, he got a start for them in prime time at Soldier Field, and I went up there to visit my cousin, and I didn't know who to root for because the Vikes had a good squad that year. It was it was uh, it was tough, but Soldier's an exciting place, man. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there. I've been to a couple games there, and it's it's a lot of fun. And even just like the tailgating outside, there's just so many people around there, and um, just excited for games and stuff like that out there. It's it's a lot of fun. Definitely, I think uh, Justin Fields will hopefully help them a little bit be more competitive I would imagine when do, do you think that he'll get the start midway through the year I think they're eventually going to switch I mean I think they're just kind of like implementing him a little bit here and there kind of just like getting him acclimated to the uh NFL and the different speeds of the game so I think he'll eventually start playing a little bit more and get into the groove yeah you got to think I mean he's going to be an investment financially for the future so you don't want to wait too long otherwise you know what's the Lou Holtz, uh, famous coach, had a great quote that's like, you never want to redshirt the guys for the next coach. So if yeah. you got guys with talent, get them out there, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Win some games. Well, so we talked about how classes last year were weird. Now you're back in person. It almost feels like you're a freshman again. Um, what major? What's What are your studies looking like? What, are you, what route are you going? <clears throat> I'm doing mechanical engineering right now. Um, don't really know where I want to go with that or anything like that. I just thought it was the most broad thing. And a lot of teachers back home, uh, when I was deciding in high school, it's just saying, just pick this, you're good at math and science and stuff like that. Just see where it takes you. And if you ever want to fall back into something else, you can, but, um, right now I just taking a ton of math classes and brains fried on math right now. I can imagine that's a bold move. Take a general mechanical engineering class, uh, course. That's, a uh... That's a pretty tough track, I would imagine. I mean, you could have gone business. You could have gone. Yeah, that, that was my other decision. That was my, I was deciding between business and engineering. I thought I might as well just go engineering, I guess. It's definitely better to challenge yourself, man, academically and athletically. As long as you're not biting off more than you can chew and overestimating your own commitment academically and athletically, that's really good. Uh, I think it's always best to have your plate full especially when you're young and just challenge yourself. That's my opinion. But uh, that's cool. So I'm not the most um informed person when it comes to different engineering tracks i know civil engineering because i got some family members doing that walk me through mechanical engineering what does that entail i, I don't know if i can really answer that that much you're I mean, learning too i'm gotcha. learning just as um, as i go really right now um i know civil is more just like more building structures and everything like that and i feel like mechanical is more just like smaller parts and different like things like that and more not like buildings or anything like that but it's just kind of like no, just like so, like the mechanics of things, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got I'm to the kinda, bottom of it with that. I'm kind of just learning as I go too right now, and I know it's just a pretty broad thing. And I don't know if I exactly want to go into that. I mean, with the engineering degree, you can go into so many different things. And I know, like, I've been talking to some people and trying to like build connections with, um, like medical sales. Some people just go into that, or just any sales job or anything like that, or consulting, or just so many different avenues to go through. Yeah, I mean. I think I heard some wild stat, like something like 70% of the American workforce is actually sales. And I'm in, I'm in medical sales. So it's like, and I sell a service, I'm not a legal drug dealer or anything like that. 
Uh, I sell a service for MRIs and CTs because I've had way too many in my life. So I figured I could speak to it. Um, but yeah, man, sales, sales is always going to be something that, uh, athletes and can take advantage of because, you know, we, we have to work hard, we're disciplined, we're structured, and we can speak to things. We know how to stick to a schedule. So there's my plug on the podcast for any athlete who's looking to get into sales or maybe doesn't know what they want to do with their career. Um, so there's that, but, uh, as far as like how the season's progressing, Obviously, you're going to you know bet on your guys 100 times out of 100, but how do you like uh, the, the rest of the season going into conference play shaping up for the Jacks? I really like it. I mean, just having all this experience from – I mean, it's just the same exact team from last year, and except for Chris got um, – Chris has taken over for me, and then um, we lost um, our linebacker last year, Tetzloff, and um, the guy's been stepping up, and I mean, that's part of our motto, just keep stepping up and – I know Isaiah's down now, and um, we got a freshman, Amar, that's looking that looked really good in the Lindenwood game, um, building some confidence there, and um, really just the next man up attitude. But I feel really confident in everyone just because of experience, and they know what it takes to get to and get to play at that championship level. And um, it's just a close knit group, and I, I I feel really confident about the season heading into uh, conference play. Yeah, man. And I saw a good, a great following in Fort Collins. And I saw on the the telecast on Saturday, there was a huge turnout, honestly, for, you know, I never want to disparage a team, but obviously a team that we should have taken care of handedly, handedly, we did take care of handedly. And to see that, that big of a turnout was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was like 15,000 plus, And it was just, it was really exciting to see after last season, you can only have a max of 10,000 in the playoffs. And um, even if that, but it was just exciting to be in the atmosphere and see all the tailgating outside, just a lot of more energy throughout the entire city of Brookings. So, Yeah, definitely. And it started with the national title game. Cause like, I mean, you were there, you felt it. And unfortunately at the point in the game, when Isaiah had that dirty run, that was sick. did you feel the crowd? I mean, I was right there. Did you feel the crowd? Like it went nuts. Oh, I, the entire place, I thought it, was, it felt like it was shaking. Like yeah. everyone was so excited. And I, I really just felt like everyone was behind us and everyone was just like, I don't know, that was one of the most exciting feelings in the world. Because I, I, after they scored the touchdown too and we were all celebrating with Isaiah, there's everyone was still going crazy for another like three minutes or something like that, even after he scored. And just like standing there circling around, just kind of like absorbing that moment. Um, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, because I mean, that's regardless – the moment itself was huge, but the way he did it, like right. just hurting his will, that's one of the best runs you'll ever see. I mean, Andre Ware on the telecast on the replay was like, I don't even think he was kind of speechless, like, man, you know. That was definitely the best run I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I even going to NFL or any other college football game, one of the greatest runs I've ever seen. But I mean, just that juice from even just like the fans just really kind of just like propelled us forward and it was just it's just so nice to have all that support behind us. Yeah, and we're kind of like starting to get this this tab of being running back university, right? So that's, I mean, we've had, I even saw Zenner bust off some good runs, but he usually made a couple cuts and just was gone. But Isaiah was like bullying everyone. Right. <laughs> like he couldn't, he was like looking for more people to stiff arm, I felt like. And then just seeing guys get downfield and get blocks. I think Jackson was hauling, hauling his tail off down there. So I definitely saw Blake. Uh, catch a block or Blake Coons catch a good block late. So, I mean, it was just exciting. So I think we really turned a corner to get back on track as a fan base there, because mm -hmm. obviously the limitations, 
the success of the program in the spring, the expectations now. And I think we're doing what Jack's teams of the past that I've been a part of and some other uh, teams of the past really struggle to do, which is do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it as far as taking care of lesser opponents, playing to the level of your opponent or not playing down to the level of your opponent. Mm -hmm. Now it really seems like we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. So can you speak to that a little bit as far as you mentioned the team is more cohesive and not kind of siloed offense and defense. Do you have any guesses as to why that might be? I mean, starting off just with the thing saying like um, how we're just taking care of people. I mean, uh, Coach Stig and um, a lot of other coaches and Chris Crocs especially just keeps continuous and telling us just like play us, like be us in every aspect and not worrying about if we're playing Alabama or the Chicago Bears or if we're playing Lindenwood, who we played last week, just play up to your best and your top potential as possible, like as best as you can be the best version of yourself. Um, and I feel like that's really spoke to us throughout this entire season and even last season in general. Um, but <clears throat> I think just with the close knit group and especially is just having that entire fall season and kind of going through that entire, not the fall um, last fall, like having the season canceled and going through like a little fall camp still um, just getting used to everyone and start meshing with people and, dealing with that adversity together. I think that was the best thing for us. I mean, everyone was doing it across the country, but um, I feel like us, especially, we just got a lot closer and stuff and it really helped us propel for the spring season and um, continue to have all the same guys again throughout this entire summer and still be able to connect with them, hang out with everyone. And um, I feel like it's going to help us a lot right now. Yeah. So just a considerable time investment, I guess, to put a, to put a cap on that is like, you guys have just been around each other a lot. You've been, you know, absorbing, you know, the playbook. You've been going through the process of fall camp and then an extended fall camp. And then talk about the spring. Um, FBS kind of tries to disparage little brother FCS, right, and say, well, there's been rumblings. They should just play in the spring. Did you enjoy playing in the spring? Talk about that unique opportunity. Um, well, first of all, I also wanted to mention just something about how, like, about the close-knit, too, is um, – I felt like our seniors really kind of like pushed uh, uh, our freshmen and younger guys to like hang out as a group more. Um, and they even they were saying that they didn't really feel that as much when they were younger. And so they kind of wanted to make it like that a little bit more. So I feel like I got to give it to the seniors a lot just to helping everyone get closer together. But um, awesome. with the season this spring, I, I, I kind of liked it really, to be honest. I mean, this, the weather was awesome. Like you didn't have to worry about getting cold later in the season yeah. or anything like that. It just slowly started warming up. Um, and I felt like it was kind of cool just having a lot more like TV time and stuff like that. But I mean, I feel like football is meant to be played in the fall and, um, and it's not like we can't, like I would, I'd rather play in the fall so we can compete against some of those FBS schools and stuff like that. And, I mean, we saw these past first two weeks of college football. I mean, they're either really close games or FCS teams are winning them. So, I mean, we can compete with them. And I don't, I don't really always like when people are saying like, oh, it's the FBS schools or like should dominate them. And it's like, I don't really feel that way. Yeah, I feel we're going to have a megapod uh, discussion about this because there's rumblings with all the conference realignment about, you know, who should jump. Will certain schools get football only invites from the FCS? Can certain FCS schools get proper funding to get to 85 scholarships? Because it has to be, you know, across the board athletically. It can't necessarily just be football if you have a dominant football program. So that'll be exciting to talk about. But personally, 
as far as the level of competition is concerned. You know, having played a lot of Power Five schools when when I was there, and then now seeing better SDSU squads play Power Five schools, we were pretty close. But late in the games, you know, that depth kind of sh- started to show and reveal itself. But even when you look at the group of fives, I think the top tier FCS schools are far more competitive than some of the group of five schools. And I think that's why you saw, I mean, Illinois State crushed Colorado State uh, in the past. North Dakota State crushed them. Um, North Dakota State's beaten Central Michigan. You know, we've, we've beaten Kansas, a power five, which really is, in my opinion, a group of five school these days, like a, a stronger mm-hmm. group of five, probably, um, you know, really beat ourselves against Minnesota. So, I mean, the top tier SCS schools, I think, could evenly, if not be top tier com- of group of five conferences like the Mountain West, the MAC. And that's not taking anything away from those schools. I think they're just that competitive in the SCS at the top tier. And now the FBS Power Five schools, I think those are a bit, you know, stronger in terms of their, you know, their brand and the, and the type of play that they roll out onto the field. So I think that's where you see the disparity. But in terms of playing, I loved I love the complete access to just FCS football in the spring as the exclusive, you know, show. But yeah, I think football should be played in the fall. It's just yeah. it's got that pageantry, that history, you know, having college game day there in nineteen. That was amazing that was uh you know an unmatched experience as far as i've had and yeah i, I couldn't agree with you more it's a it should be played in the fall and, and i like fcs in the fall it, it might be cool to see maybe you know back in the early 1900s i think they had you know what they called like jv where the freshman or frosh would actually have a season so that would be mm-hmm. kind of cool just to give give their spirits maybe have like a spring season for frosh i don't know um, but nowadays you got guys like you who are ready to rock right out the gate. So mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. It'll be interesting. There's going to be a lot of shakeup in college football. There might be a third division one split. We'll see um, with the SEC and the power five, maybe becoming their own entity in division one with the group of five and FCS, maybe like who knows what's going to happen, but, yeah. uh, but football is a fall sport for sure. No doubt. And that was one of the things is like with my recruiting in general too, is I was going to recruit by a lot of group of five schools. Um, Power five is more just a little bit more about just like walk-ons or anything like that. But when I was looking at it, I mean, I was thinking, go what, you either go to a group of five school that you're going to win some games and stuff like that. You're always going to lose to the bigger schools, but um, you're never really going to have a chance at winning a championship or you just get like a bowl. So like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the bulls because there's just so many now and stuff like that. But, um, but it, or you go to like an FCS top FCS program, like SDSU, where you can beat all those schools and you can go compete for a national championship and go win one um, with those guys. So I feel like just going and having the ability to play for a national championship instead of just playing for a bowl game and stuff like that. And I always feel like those, like we could beat those schools. So like, why would I want to go there and possibly like not compete for a national championship and go win the whole thing. But what what I like about that, Mark, is it kind of like removes the ego. Cause you know, young kids, man, it's, it's a, it's a struggle. Like you're getting recruited by these group of five schools. It's still FBS, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's TV spots that are granted on like a Tuesday night with the action. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you can have ESPN plus, like if you have ESPN plus, I get all the games. So I get to see Mm -hmm. you guys live wherever you go. And then FS one, we had a feature spot against Colorado state this year against Minnesota two years ago. 
we're on FS1. We were like one of the only games on, on that Friday. So it's, it's like, and we're competing for national titles, like you said. So, I mean, to be able to remove your ego and know, all right, can I play? Yes. Am I going to get an opportunity? And can I earn an opportunity to not only be able to, you know, play once a year, twice a year against this, this top tier group of five uh, conferences or maybe a, a power five conference, but then I get to play for a national title. That's exactly, I, I think that's awesome because, you know, we, we've talked about it on the podcast, like not to get too down on it because it's still a cool opportunity to play in a bowl. But when you're, when you're six and six and you're playing a team right. that may not even have a winning record nowadays, they get invites mm-hmm. to bowls. It's like, is that really worth it in the, in the grand scheme of things just to get, a couple of Tuesday night TV spots, maybe get a little yeah. more swag, maybe have bragging rights because you played it, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, one of those schools. Yeah. Like sure. Buffalo or something like that, you know, exactly. but that's cool, man. Um, and again, probably a, a nod to, to your parents for, for talking it through with you on that. I had a, uh, I had a guy just really break it down for me. It's like, you want to go to a school that's top 25 athletically doesn't matter if it's FCS or FBS. Top 25 athletically, top 25 uh, academically. Like if it maybe they have your major, maybe there's great opportunity with what you want to do. Um, and then obviously in terms of the coaching staff, right? Yeah. Um, in depth chart at your position. So for me, that was that was a really cool uh, way to have it broken down. Because for me back in the day, it was like get a power five. If you like it, commit. Um, so I committed to Purdue. My family went there, so I kind of wanted to fall in line. But it's nice to see guys who think about it a little bit more than that. Yeah. And I feel like that that's like a lot of what kids do nowadays is just like that's all they focus on, like right at the beginning. But then once like you start to begin realizing and then start looking at other schools, like you begin to realize like it's not just all about that. And you really kind of have to focus on what is best for you and in that sense and stuff like that. But uh, me and my dad and my mom were always doing the same thing that you were just saying, just kind of just like always looking like, we want to go to the top program in a, in, a, in a conference and always look and see if they have your major and stuff like that. And, um, and also see the coaching staff. And that's why I, I love this place just because the coaching staff just seems so genuine and they really like, at least everything for me, everything they promised or anything they said, it came true and they gave me opportunities that I was told that I would get um, in my recruiting process. So it was awesome. Yeah, that's the cool thing about Coach Stig, and he's still the same guy now as he was, you know, back 15 years ago when I played. But it's more so he's evolved too, so that's been nice to see. Like he's willing to adapt and learn with the times as well. But the best thing is, is what he says he follows through with, and he doesn't give you, you know, Stig doesn't get enamored too much by a guy's talent or anything. Like he he notices it, he recognizes it. But from what I've experienced, it's very much like the Nick Saban approach where he's going to give you a chance to come in and compete. That's Mm -hmm. what it's going to be. Like nobody gets a promised starting spot. Like, you know, even guys like Dallas Goddard, I'm not sure like he probably got put on full scholarship as like a junior or something like that. And the dude is like probably one of the most gifted players we've ever seen. (laughs) Even at the FCS level, all top to bottom, not even just South Dakota state. So um, I think that's always cool. And, you know, a lot of times parents get a little overzealous and in general, it's hard for parents to objectively see their kids. So to, to hear that, that folks are out there that do exist, that get good advice from their parents is it's refreshing, right? Because sometimes I think people are looking too far down the line if they've had good prep success. Um, 
like I can, I can speak from personal experience there, but you know, it, they're looking too far ahead and then they end up tripping over what's right in front of them. Right. Exactly. Um, so it's good to hear, man. And, you know, I kind of want to touch on one thing that would have been awesome to have when, when I was in, in school and when Dallas was in school, but <laughs> is the name image likeness thing, man. I wouldn't have had the, you know, fight and claw my way just to get enough money to eat and maintain weight. Cause I'm sure you, you've gone through coach Mo's workouts. Sometimes they're, yeah. a beast. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. So well, Apple, you're an Applebee's star now, man. Yeah, I got, I am. <laughs> got a sponsorship with them and did a commercial with them, which was a lot of fun. And that was, that was actually, I didn't expect to be that much fun um, with all those guys just doing the commercial, but it was actually a blast. That's cool, man. And so like, what does that entail? Like, are you able to talk about it? I'm not sure. Like, do, do you get meals or what is? Yeah, they ended up giving me um, like gift cards for meals and then some just cash too. Um, cool. But with that too, like talking about image and likeness, I like, I want to try to start getting more um, with like other places in Brookings and try to like reach out more and try to do everything that I can in that sense. Just try to make um do better for the community and as well as just make money on the side too, which is kind of great. That's cool, man. We'll talk offhand and see if there's some things that we could do to like maybe collaborate on uh, like some t-shirts or merch or something, and then possibly kick back to a cause that you're, you're fond of or something like that. We're all about yeah. supporting the program. We do any sponsorship we get, we give all, virtually all the money back to the JFPA. want to give them a quick plug here too. Um, if you're a former athlete, former player, and you're not a part of the Jackrabbit Former Players Association, connect with Ryan McKnight. Um, it's a great way to remain plugged in with your former alum and, and teammates um, and really just kind of continue to boost the brand of South Dakota State ball and athletics. It's, it's really exciting to see. Obviously, dude, you guys are going to be able to see the Frost Arena, like get a complete facelift. Um, mm -hmm. That's going to be exciting, too, because have you even been able to go to a basketball game yet? Yeah, I actually went to um, earlier in their season last year. I went to like the first couple, but once people actually started coming back on campus, um, wasn't able to go to them because because we had to like kind of stay secluded from everyone in the football team, um, just so we can kind of be our own. But um, I'm excited for that. I just saw a picture on Instagram the other day, and it just looks unbelievable inside. And I, don't, I don't know if they're going to redo the outside a little bit too, but the inside's just going to be insane. Yeah, from what uh, Justin Sell was saying, the whole outside is kind of going to get – uh, this on the south, uh, southeast side, I believe he said, I, it sounds like more near the union. I think that's it. I'm terrible with directions and math. So yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that's going to be like where they, they take on that outer project first. And then just like the Dana J Dykehouse stadium was part Coughlin alumni, part Dana J for a time mm -hmm. being. So that'll be really exciting though, man. Cause, um, I mean, our wrestling program is so dominant too. Like, it's an unbelievable time to be uh, to be at state. Uh, yeah, um, they're also building a new wrestling facility that's attached to the uh, S Jack in there. So I'm excited to see that too. I know it's like, are they where are they getting all these these funds, man? Right, exactly. <laughs> I need to switch. May I should have switched majors. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for maybe like a new locker room or something next. I'm just trying to update that. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. I know. Maybe we'll get shoot. Let's get a natty and then uh, let's go to work exactly. on that. There you go, man. That's cool. Well, Mark, I appreciate your time, man. We've uh, we've done about an hour. Um, is there anything else you want to get out there, like a message? Uh, we get we get pretty good traction on the pod. I don't know if you're if you knew about it, but yeah, I know time. about it. My dad, <laughs> listen, my dad's listening to it all the time and stuff like that. But Love I don't it. really have anything I want to 
much else to say, but thanks cool. for having me on. I appreciate it. Cool, man. Absolutely. Um, well, best of luck with your continued rehab. Um, yeah, continue to just be a good teammate. I know you will, man. And uh, cherish the time. Like, definitely cherish the time because it goes by fast. And uh, sometimes guys wait too late to turn it on and really appreciate what, they, what they've got in front of them. So just uh, words of wisdom from these old washed up scrubs here. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Uh, with that, go big, go blue, go Jacks. Today's podcast brought to you by Drake Place and Cottonwood Coffee. Make sure you check those guys out anytime you're in the area. Thanks to Mark for carving out some time. Till next time, go big, go blue, go Jacks.